Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today on episode 306. We've got a great show for you today as we are continuing our series with Eric Ream on the power of the pipeline. Now, in part one, we laid out the five stages of the speaking pipeline. We went into detail on stage one, which is the lead-in stage. So if you missed that, make sure you go back to the previous episode, episode 305. Make sure that you check that out. So today in part two, we're going to dive into stage two of the pipeline, which is all about making the contact. We're going to cover the number one goal that you should have once your lead has responded to your email. And we'll detail the eight steps. That's right eight steps to properly following up with your lead to give yourself the best possible chance of booking the gig. Also, if you've ever wondered how to handle the price discussion, we're talking a great deal about that very thing. Eric has some phenomenal advice on how to respond when a lead asks you for a price quote over email that you don't want to miss. Make sure that you stick around for the whole episode to catch that, all right? Tons to cover here in this episode. Make sure you got something to take notes with. Pen, pencil, marker, crown, lipstick, chapstick, nail polish, blood, whatever you need to use. Good stuff here. This is a very critical stage of the speaking pipeline. So let's get right into it. Here's part two of the power of the pipeline with Eric Ream. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are joined once again by my co-host and friend, our director of education here at the Speaker Lab, Mr. Eric Ream. Dr. Reem, how are you today, sir? I am outstanding. Uh, We're going to talk about a really fun stage today, stage two. This is when the pipeline really starts to take off. I love this stage. I can't wait to talk about it, Grant. Uh, so as you alluded to there, we are in the second episode of a five-part series, the five stages of the speaker pipeline. Last week, we discussed the first stage, the lead-in stage. And so if you haven't listened to that, you definitely want to make sure that you go back, you catch up with that. This is going to be a great series. This week, we're going to be tackling the second stage where you actually make the contact uh, and start to, to have that conversation with them. So uh, Eric, can you kind of give us a, all right, what, what as we dig into this contact made stage, uh, and I guess maybe even before we get there, just kind of big picture on the pipeline. We touched on this a lot last episode, why this is matter, but give us kind of a recap of why this is so important. Well, it's so important, uh, Grant, because it's the backbone of everything you do with your business. So when you sit down to work on your business, you need to have something that's always going to bring you back to your true north. Something's always going to bring you back to what you need to accomplish. Because how many times have you, uh, if you didn't have a system and you sit down and you spend 20, 30 minutes just trying to figure out what it is I need to do next. Well, your pipeline is going to tell you exactly what you need to do next. It's going to be staring you in the face. So when you come in and you sit down, you've got 20 minutes. 
Well, you want to use that 20 minutes as effectively as you can. And your, it's your pipeline that's going to guide you how to best use that time. And so these stages that we build within the pipeline within the CRM is going to be constantly giving you feedback on what needs to happen next. I can't tell you how important and how, uh, how, 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 how that really freed me up in my business grant when I knew I had a system that was always there to back me up. It's fantastic. All right. So let's recap what we discussed last week. So we, we started by talking about just, again, kind of an overview of the pipeline. We're on stage two here, but the overview here is first we started with the lead in. That's what we talked about last week. Uh, stage two, what we'll talk about today is the contact made. Uh, and stage three is the phone meeting. Stage four is the proposal. And stage five is the contract negotiation. Now, we also talked about in the last episode uh, about the, the pipeline is managed with a CRM. You have to have some type of software or tool or system to track all this. This is not this is not something you're trying to just keep straight in your head. We do not recommend that. That's not a good plan, but you want to have some type of software that's going to keep all of this straight for you. Now, we also discussed the lead in that first stage so that where the goal is to make the initial introduction and to get the contact to respond. You want to start the conversation. We want to start that ball rolling. Now, oftentimes it's not like you're just going to send an email, they're going to reply and you're on your way. Usually it's going to require some follow-up. And this is really, really, really important to get this part right. And so we walked through a series of four different emails over an eight week time frame of how you would reach out to and follow up with that potential lead. Uh, so at this point, you're either going to hear back from the contact, at which time you can move them to the contact mage stage, which we're going to touch on today, or you don't hear anything back from them and you simply just close it out as loss. So let's transition. Let's dig in here. Uh, stage two, the contact made. Kind of give us an overview here, Eric, of, of what the stage is about. Yeah, this is really fun because now what happened is you've had someone actually reach back out to you, right? So I, I, I sent an email out to a bunch of folks and someone actually responded and said, yeah, I think I would be interested in chatting with you. I would like to get more information. Boom. Now you're in the contact made stage. So the main elements of this stage is number one, Grant, is now the probability of your success has gone up a little bit. So if you remember in the lead in stage, we're at a 10% probability. Now in the contact made stage, now we're up to a 30% probability. We have a, a one in three chance, right? Or three out of 10. There's, now we have an opportunity to win this gig. So now your probability is going up because you've got a potential uh, prospective uh, contact me, uh, meeting planner that's in, interested or maybe someone who knows someone who's interested to chat with you. So the contacts show that they're interested. Now it's time for you to engage in a very deliberate way with this contact. And so... Grant, what's the primary goal in this stage? So the primary goal here is to just simply get the prospect to agree to a phone call, right? Uh, the key to, to, to success in this stage is to focus on getting the call scheduled. Now, you can do this one of two ways. One is that you could try to schedule the call. So, hey, are you available at 4 o'clock? Uh, on Thursday and you're setting some type of call. The other thing you could do, uh, there's pros and cons both ways, they both work, is that you could just, if they express any level of interest, so in the first phase, lead in, you're emailing them, uh, if they express any level of interest of, hey, I'd love to learn more about what you speak about, or uh, are you available on this date, or can you tell me what your speaking fees are, or anything along those lines, the other option is you could just pick up the phone and call them. Now, if you do that, you can, you, you want to just clarify with them, hey, did I catch you at a good time? I know that you're busy. If, if I need to call you back later, that's fine too. That, if I need to schedule a time to call, that's fine. But again, the focus here is getting them on the phone. You want to actually talk to them. The reason for this is it really increases your chance of success when you can get a prospect on the phone. You're able to get to the heart of the matter quicker. You can answer uh, questions simpler versus trying to go back and forth via email. You can build a relationship easier over phone than you can over email. So you absolutely, the goal here, I know this is intimidating, 
but the goal is you want to get them on the phone. You want to actually talk to them. Uh, now, uh, let's say that they express some level of interest. You, let's say you try calling them or let's say you try to schedule a call uh, and you don't necessarily hear back from them. You can have a good uh, follow-up system of, of emails there to again, try to schedule that call. Um, but as you go here, again, you want to make sure that you, you know, you have a good attitude, keep a good tone in your correspondence. But the whole goal here is to get someone on the phone. You absolutely don't just, well, not me. I, I'm a special snowflake and I'm only going to do this over email. No, 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 no. You have to get someone on the phone. That is ultimately where business happens. Right. Yeah. And so this is where uh, you and I are a little different, Grant, because you you like to jump in. You're the guy, when we talked about your story, uh, your wife got pregnant, you decided to leave your job and become a full-time speaker, right? You're just like a jump in kind of guy, right? Um, for me, I'm a little different in that I like to set up the call. And the only reason why I think the, uh, I do that is because when someone has a call set up and they're about to have the call with you, they're in a the right frame of mind. If you just call them right then and there, you have no idea what frame of mind they're in in that moment. And you might lose an opportunity if you call them at a bad time. Yeah. So there is a risk reward of that. But the bottom line is that at the end of the day, you want to get them on the phone. So the system here is key. And your CRM grant is going to be a blessing to help keep track of when to reach out during this stage. Now, be prepared to write, take some notes. This is very important. There are eight steps to follow in this stage to engage properly, okay? Eight steps to follow. So the first one, send that initial email with some dates and times to chat, okay? Send that initial email with dates and time to chat. Now, let's say that in the email, uh, you put one of the dates as the 31st of October, right? The reason why I mentioned that is what you wanna do then, and the next step is you wanna set, set a trigger in your CRM to follow up in the middle of those dates that you scheduled. So let's say that you decide you're gonna follow up on the 31st of October. And you want to remind them in that email that you still have some slots open. So Grant, let's say I sent you an email and said, hey, Grant, thanks for getting back with me. I'd love to chat with you about how I can add value at your event. Here are three dates and times I have open. And let's say one of those dates is 31 October. Then I will follow up with email number two on the 31st. And I say, hey, Grant, I just want to check back in with you and let you know I'm still interested in chatting with you. I still have some dates and times open. Here they are. Which one works best for you? Then what you do is you go to step number three, Grant, and you're going to put in um, your CRM to trigger in two weeks later to follow up. And all you're going to do is send an email and ask, are they still interested in chatting? All right. Now, remember, don't take it personal because you have no idea. When they told you they were interested, what you don't know, the rest of the story is they're interested in chatting with you. But in their mind, they're thinking, but I'm not interested in chatting with you until six months down the road. I just want right. you to know I'm interested. You don't know what's going on on the other end, right? So all you do is you follow up with an email and say, hey, I'm still interested in chat to chatting with you. I've got some more dates and times to, that I'm open. Which of these work for you? Okay, so at this time now, you've followed up with three emails. The first one is the initial email after they responded and said they were interested to you in you. Um, the second one is when you send a follow-up email and say, hey, I just want to see if you're still interested. I still got some slots open. And then the third email, you send another uh, an email to them saying, hey, I just want to see if you're still interested. I'd love to chat with you about your annual meeting coming up. I've got these new dates and times open. Which one works for you? And then what you're going to do, Grant, is you're going to set a reminder for your CRM to notify you to contact them two weeks uh, later. Now, at this point, you've sent three emails to them. If that two weeks goes by, Grant, and you haven't heard anything, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna send them, I don't wanna bother you, email. Now, I know for some new speakers, this is gonna be painful for you because they said they were interested. They need to talk to you, and it's gonna be hard for you to say, 
uh, I don't want to bother you and potentially walk away. But that's just how it works. Remember, it's only a 30% probability of success. Still, there's still failure. That means seven out of 10 are still going to walk away. They may have been interested. Maybe something's changed. You have no idea what's going on, but you're going to send them that email that says something like this. Hey, Grant, this is Eric. Hey, listen, I sent you a couple emails. I, I'm still interested in chatting with you, but listen, I don't want to bother you. So if you're still interested, let me know. If not, no problem. We can chat some other time um, and I'll just, um, I'll, I'll close this out as a potential project. If I don't hear back from you. And then what you do, Grant, is you set a, a, a signal in your CRM, you set a trigger to notify you in two weeks that it's time to close this out. So two weeks later, Grant, it'll pop up. And if I seen that you have not responded, then what I want to do is I'm going to close this out as lost. That's step number five. There are still three steps, Grant, because what you're going to do now is, is you're going to close that out as a lost gig, but then you're going to open it up as a new gig for maybe next year. This is what I call the magic move because you sent an indicator that you were interested. Something changed between now and then. I'd have no idea what it was, but you did send me that indicator that you were interested. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up at that as a new gig and I'm going to keep it in the contact made stage because we've made contact. You're not a cold lead. Now you're a warm lead. And I'm just, and I may not, you know, mess with that for seven or eight months, but it's going to come up down the road and it'll trigger me when it's time. Okay. Now let's say that that comes up down the road. That's when step number seven comes in and you're going to send out an email reminding them that you corresponded with them last year or six months in the previous and that you wanted to see if they would be open to revisiting the possibility of fit uh, of a fit and value for an upcoming event. Right? So you're just going to send that out and, and, and send out that filler one more time. And then what I'll do is I'll set a trigger for two weeks. And if I don't hear back from you again, Grant, then I just close it out immediately and I just move on. And now, now I clean up my pipeline and I don't, I don't respond once a year. Now, people do that differently. I know that you said in a previous episode that you just may contact people every year. Um, you decide how you want to manage your pipeline. What I've done is I've made that decision that if I've contacted you before and you didn't want to chat with me, and then I moved it down six months later and I contacted you again, you didn't want to chat with me, then I'm just going to move on because I want to have a clean pipeline and I want to have a pipeline that's full of potential gigs that I think could be gigs. What I don't want to do is uh, pile down my pipeline with people I just contact every year. And it's kind of a false sense of security. I got this huge pipeline when I don't. Yeah. So I close that out and I move on. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, it all makes sense. One of the things I'm curious about is, okay, let's say you email someone, they express some level of interest, you know, uh, and they just say, they, they ask something like, you know, tell me more about what you speak on or um, tell me how much you charge. And uh, you, you try to schedule a call with them and they kind of blow you off or they mm -hmm. say, well, you know, I don't have time for a call. Can you just tell me what you speak on? Or can you just tell me what the price is? Or can you just tell me something over email? Uh, what do you do at that point? Right. So you got a choice to make here. What I would do is I would try to avoid putting a price on email as much as you possibly can. Because once you put a price on things, then you've you've really lost a lot of negotiation at that point. Yeah. Because now you don't know that uh, what they're thinking on their end. You don't know what their budget is. And you may have put yourself uh, on the outside looking in at that point. So what I do is I give them more information, Grant, but without the price. So I'll send them information like, is, hey, can you give me more information? So I may send them an abstract or maybe a proposal on things I've done in the past, but I just, I'll leave price out of it. And so what I'll do is I'll say, hey, yeah, Grant, no problem. Here's a talk that I think would fit well in your annual meeting based on previous agendas that I've seen on your website. I think this talk would work great. Here are the learning objectives, and here's what people said it in the, about it in the past. Again, I'd love to chat with you more about it, so please look at this information. Here's some dates and times that I have open. Which one works for you? 
At that point, what I've done is I've met your request. I've given you information. I just kind of avoid the price thing. If you come back and you say, no, I need to have the price, then I'll give it to you at that point because I have no choice at that point. But if I can give you more information and then try to get the call set up, I at least try that first before I give you a price. I just never default to just giving you the price because the price is the biggest thing you're going to talk about on the phone. And so I try to keep that for a phone call. Yeah. And the other part with the, the price thing is you don't necessarily have any context of what they're looking for, right? right. So your pricing, uh, are they looking for uh, one talk or multiple talks? Do they want copies of your book? Could you do some extra coaching or consulting? How much customization do they want? Uh, we need you to do one talk, but we need you to be here the whole time for a three-day conference. Like there, there's all those details that are going to affect the price, you know? So it's like, it's like calling up a restaurant and saying, how much does it cost to eat there? And they're like, well, it depends. No, no, no. Just tell me how much does it cost to eat there? It's like, it, it varies, you know, there's a lot of variables that go into it. So ultimately that's part of the reason why you want to get them on the phone so that you can dialogue on some of those things and just get more information on what it is that they're looking for on what it is that they need help with. Now, the other point, like you kind of touched on there, Eric, is if they keep reiterating like, no, no, just give me a price. Just give me a price. Just give me a price. There's a really good chance they're not actually interested. And Mm -hmm. basically what they're doing is their boss or someone said that they need to collect, you know, uh, price quotes from three to five speakers. They're gathering those and they'll probably just pick the lowest cost speaker without doing much more homework than that, which is really, again, not, you don't want to be in this race to the bottom uh, in terms of, of pricing yourself as a speaker. So again, the goal is there to get them on the phone, get them on the phone uh, as best as possible. Cause again, that's where the relationship is going to happen. Uh, and that's where you're going to be able to uh, really start to clarify what they're looking for and how you could be a good fit for them. So anything yeah. else here on the, on just digging into this part? Yeah. Well, I just think the, the other thing too, especially with new speakers is one of the things I think that uh, new speakers will do is they'll, they'll get on a prospect that showed any type of interest and they'll just try to ride that prospect out and they'll try to put their entire business on this one prospect. And that that's kind of a fool's errand. You don't want to do that. Um, if you're finding yourself in that mentality, then I will tell you, you're just not reaching out to enough people. Because what I found is, to me, almost in a way, it's almost uh, good when someone tells me they're not interested because I could just move on. And so what you want to do is you want to follow the system, Grant, but then be willing to walk away. It's okay. There's power in being willing to walk away. Now, in the beginning of your business, when you go through that amateur phase, you're going to try to get any gig you could possibly get. And so if, if they've got a heartbeat and they're breathing and they even look your way, you're going to say, I want to go and get on your stage. And there's right. going to be that amateur phase. But as, as you grow as a speaker and as you begin to use this system, the system will not fail you, right? The system has no skin in the game right? The system has no emotions. And that's really what's nice about the system is that it takes all that emotion out of it and keeps logic in it, right? And so you know, if you're following the system, that you can't help but win over time. And so it's exciting because in the lead-in stage, that's kind of high failure, right? But in the contact made stage, you're getting a little traction and you're getting some things going, but it's still a system that's meant Number one, to weed out the folks that you shouldn't be working with anyway. It's going to weed them out. So if they're not serious, the system's going to weed them out. But the ones that are serious are the ones that, and this is beautiful, Grant. These are the ones that are going to say, hey, you know what? I would love to chat with you, and this date works for me. And let me tell you something. That's awesome because now you're going to be able to put them in the next stage, which is the phone meeting stage, and now you've got a 50-50 chance, and that's what we're going to be talking about next week where you can start really talking about what you need to do on the phone. But the main thing, just remember, you're just going through a system here. Hey friends, do you know what the five stages of a great speaking pipeline are? 
If not, listen up, because when you master these five stages, every lead that you get will have the best possible chance of turning into a paid gig. Now, whether you're just getting started or you've been a speaker for a while, the key to success in professional speaking is having a flexible, predictable system for finding, managing, and booking gigs. That's why my team and I have created a brand new program to walk you through step-by-step -step all five stages of the speaking pipeline. We demystify the process for finding gigs, we clarify the steps necessary to turn a cold lead into a booked gig, and we lay out a complete system for lead management no matter where you are in your speaking journey. To learn more and to access this comprehensive tool to mastering your speaking pipeline, check out thespeakerlab.com slash pipeline. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash pipeline. All right, so this has been kind of a, a quick, tight episode. Let's kind of recap here, though, what those five stages to the pipeline are. Again, the lead-in, which we talked about last week, the contact made, which we talked about this week. Next week, we'll be talking about the phone meeting, all right? You want to get them on the phone. The fourth stage is going to be the proposal, and then the fifth and final stage is that contract negotiation. So again, let's recap uh, those eight steps here. Now, again, the I know that as we're talking through this, we have five stages and four steps and eight steps and these steps, and it happens over the several weeks multiplied by a bunch of leads and contacts. That's why you need a system. You have to just, it has to be so much more than just, well, I reached out to a lead and now I just wait. No, no, no. There's so many other steps here and so many other nuances that you need to think through. That's why you have the system. So again, the eight steps to follow in this stage. Uh, number one is send that initial email, dates and times to chat. They've expressed interest. Now, cool. Let's schedule a time to talk. Uh, step number two is the follow-up email to remind them that you still have slots open. Step number three is the follow-up email two weeks later. Ask if they're still interested to chat. Step four is send the I don't want to bother you, the ball in your court email. I want to leave you alone email. Again, trying to spur them on to you express interest. I've been following up with you. Ultimately, I just want to schedule this call with you. Step number five is after two weeks to close out. It's a lost gig. It's not the end of the world. Uh, step number six is open as a new gig for next year, though. This is really, really important because, again, they express some level of interest. For whatever reason, things fell through and it didn't work out this year. This is where, again, you want to have a long-term perspective on the business. I remember there was a client uh, I followed up with for like five years in a row before she finally booked me. I was like, I don't know, maybe she's just out of options. She's like, okay, finally, I'll just go with Grant, um, which is fine. But it was, it had to be more than just, all right, she didn't book me for year one. Ah, oh, well, she'll never book me. Well, that's not actually true. Like a lot of it is just the follow-up process there. Uh, and then step number seven uh, is to send out an email reminding them that you corresponded last year and wanted to see if they would be open to revisiting a possible fit and value for upcoming events. And then finally, number eight, there's close out after two weeks with no response uh, and then just move on. So again, the point being, you it's a lot, I know, but setting up the system, setting up the pipeline can have a huge, huge difference in your overall speaking business in terms of booking gigs. Yeah. Grant, I love that this is a quick episode because um, that's where you need to look at it when you're working with uh, folks in this stage is that, hey, they showed some interest. Let's see if we can move them on or not. Let's not overthink this. And one thing I want everyone to remember on the call is just don't take this personal. It's so yeah. easy to take this personal because I think one of the things we do is we equate uh, our business to p uh, us, right? And so if you reject having me speak, you're rejecting me as a person. And that's not the case. Right. It has nothing to do with you most of the time. It has everything to do with a series of variables that they're trying to, to manage. And you're just one small variable. So don't take it personal. Remember, at this stage, you're still getting rejected 70% of the time. But hey, if you're a baseball player, you're a Hall of Famer, right? Mm -hmm. if, 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 you're hit, if you're batting 300, you're a pretty good hitter. 
And so if you're batting a 300 at this stage, you're doing, you're doing great and you're moving closer to success. So you don't need to hit home runs here. Small wins is all you're looking for. And you can build a lot of momentum grant on small wins. So I was thinking about my journey. I mean, this is uh, the time of year as we're, you know, going in the first part of two, uh, 2020 as I reflect a lot. We just got, we just came out of the end of 2019. And as I started looking at um, my business, I look a couple years ago and I was getting gigs for like 700 bucks, yeah. you know, and that was huge. Yeah, totally. That's 700 bucks. I got a few of those going and that allowed me then to build a website. Yeah. And I got a few more hundred bucks and that allowed me to get a demo video. And I got a few hundred more bucks and it allowed me to, 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 to pay for booked and paid to speak. I got a few more book, uh, bucks and then it kept getting bigger and bigger. To this point, I think I shared this on Facebook uh, uh, late in 2019. I literally signed a gig for $20,000, yeah. right? That was a home run. But I, hit a, I had a lot of base hits to get me there. And here's the thing is I did it using this system, right? right? And that's the exciting part about it is Grant, we're giving them our, our best stuff right now. I mean, we're giving everyone listen to this call, listen to this uh, podcast. This is the stuff that you and I are doing on a regular basis. Our coaches are doing on a regular basis. That should inspire and encourage everyone listening to this podcast. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps, it helps other people don't find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.